Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. That's right. We come here every week to talk about financial matters, helping people plan for some financial independence in their lives, both practicing advisors. And it was uh, it's hard to right now. Awful week. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's been a. Um, this is a normal part of the investment economic cycle, but there are so many external things going on at the same time. Um, and each one feels a little bit different. I was thinking back today. You know, how did I feel uh, in the last? You know, great. Uh, recession, and then how did I feel in the dot com? Like how did how, how did I you know personally? Not good, right? I didn't feel good. No, you never feel good about it. You never feel good about it. I, my wife reminds me. I came home one day and told her during the finance, Great Recession. I said, as soon as these markets recover, I'm getting out of this industry. I'm doing something different. Then they make it recover, and it feels good. Life goes <laughs> <Like> on. <that. laughs> yeah, it's but it's hard, and especially I, look. I filled up my. I haven't filled my gas tank up in. Um, a week and a half, and I filled it up this morning, and I was, I was shocked. I mean, I was just like, "Wow!" It used to be sometimes you're at a, a place and they would cap out at seventy five bucks, and you're like, "Dang, it didn't quite fill." And then it's now I go, it was one capped out one hundred and twenty five or something, and still didn't fill the tank. Yeah, and I I filled up at Costco, so I went I went I go as early as they it's like as soon as they open, so there's not a huge line. Um, yeah, crazy. But all those things have an effect. All of those uh, on your psyche, is, and then yeah. you and add the markets you, on top of it. The biggest challenge to investors, it's not the market. It's not what's going on right now. It's how people react and the decisions they make. Well, make prior to the market, the down. I that, mean, exactly. over the long term, so much of it is dependent upon the behavior of the investor. Well, it, Look, if you were 100% equities going into this, maybe you pull back some. But if you've been a listener to this program any length of time at all, we always talk about having money that is lit. It, it, everything's always at some risk, but less risk um, for the next Median three needs. to five yeah. to seven years, right? And money in the markets are longer-term money. And to, to get through the economic cycles. I mean, the markets have always recovered and gone on to reach new highs. They always have. Always. And they most likely will again. And if they don't, it's probably not going to much matter. <laughs> Excellent point. I mean, you yeah. might as well but bet But it's on- hard. So it's okay to look at your portfolio. By the way, remember this. Not every company comes back. Markets come back. So if you're sitting on a boatload of Peloton there, or maybe even DocuSign or... That got hammered recently. Yeah, didn't it? all the all the um, the ones that were that were really in favor during the great, you know, lockdown. So, anyway, it's an interest interesting thing when you look back the last twenty four thirty months. Lock down the economy, throw don't cash. let Evan leave the house, r- drop interest rates to zero. Have the Fed buy bonds in the marketplace to just throw more cash out there. Send everyone checks. And know where to spend them. And know where to spend them. So they're doing these home remodel projects. Now, then open things back up. People are spending like crazy. Oh, and have a bunch of trim, uh, stimulus money on top of it. And keep interest rates at zero as asset prices. I mean, look at the last year. The stock market was up, what, 29%? Yeah, as asset prices go up almost across the board. I have, last year, it didn't matter what you owned, it went up in value. Stocks, bonds, real estate, crypto, it all went up. Yeah. Everything went up. This year, I don't know what's holding this ground. So we've got Andy Stout. Is oh, gonna- let's give out our phone number, though, please. If you'd like to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. Yeah, Andy Stout is our chief investment officer. and We asked Andy to join us just for a few minutes to maybe make give us some perspective. Andy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, there's some talk. Now there's talk about recession. Some people saying recession. 
What from an investor standpoint, why do why should someone care? First of all, let's define recession. Well, there's the rule of thumb recession where you have two consecutive quarters of a negative economic growth, but that's not actually the definition, despite what you'll see in all these headlines. Uh, the real definition is defined by the NBER, which is the National Bureau of Economic Research, and all they're really looking for is a significant decline broadly across the economy lasting for more than a few months. So it's, it's a pretty generic definition, in all honesty. And when we look at that rule of thumb defi uh, definition, uh, the economy did shrink in the first quarter by 1.5%. And if you look at where the data is tracking today, it's close to 0% change in the second quarter, the April, May, June period. So there's the risk of the rule of thumb recession. Uh, but I will say a lot of economists, what they're forecasting, though, is currently growth in the second quarter of 2.5%. So in theory, we should be able to avoid that rule of thumb uh, definition of a recession. So, but so Andy, so if we're using the now, rule of thumb, you, you could actually be out of a recession before you knew you were in one. Well, because yeah, it's, measuring, know, it's, me it's measuring backwards. Yeah, it's measuring backwards. And when you look at the uh, GDP and when it comes out, GDP is gross domestic product, which is basically the output of our economy. That comes out with a lag. And it's usually about 30 days after the quarter is over. And then it's revised about three more times after that before you get the final numbers. So things can change a lot. But if you look at the NBER, who measures the recessions, it usually takes them about 17 months to say when a recession happened. By the time they tell you a recession happened, it's probably over. Got it. So as an, for someone who's got money saved for the retirement, maybe they're retired today, should they care about a recession? Like, And if so, why? Well, if you look at historical market returns and recessions, you know what you do see is you do see uh, a correlation or a connection between the two. Typically, the stock market will peak before a recession uh, actually happens. And when you look at the, the the big drawdowns, they do tend to coincide, these, these big bear markets, they do tend to coincide with recessions. I mean, on average, uh, since 1945, so like the post-World War II era, era uh, typically we've seen the market peak about seven months before the onset of a recession. All right. Our last, our peak was what, in January? Well, January 3rd, the very first trading day of the was year. Was that our peak? Uh, was the peak. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, this has not been a good start to the year. And so, <laughs> so, so we, had a, we had a good start. It was just one day. So, but okay, you can, but, but you, so what you just said there is that you can actually be in a recession, but the market could be going up because a recession oh, yeah. typically follows um, a peak in the, and then a decline in the market, correct? Yeah, exactly. So if you look at these prior recessions, the market will peak before the recession starts and it will bottom before the recession ends. So when you put it all together, if you're trying to time it just in line with whatever the economy is doing, uh, you don't want to do that because the stock market's actually a leading indicator. It'll move before the market, before the economy, excuse me. Got it. And but so if you're retired, the recession what effect does it have on you if you're retired? Or if you're steadily and gainfully employed and your and your chances of losing the job is minimal, what what you know the, the the whole rule of thumb was it's a recession when your neighbors are unemployed, but when you're it's not when you're fully employed. What it, it's a shrinkage in the economy, but it doesn't mean mass layoffs or anything like that. Correct. Well, recessions will often come with mass layoffs. Uh, this time, if you look at the job uh, market, there's 11.4 million job openings. So it's basically two job openings almost for every unemployed person. So typically, you would see hundreds of thousands that's of layoffs. Amazing. I mean, that's just how it works. However, businesses don't really have the wiggle room to possibly cut as much as they normally would. So that's one reason if there is a recession, at least at this point in time, it would be relatively shallow if it were to be happening right now. Uh, but in terms of what does it mean for you as an investor? Well, it's going to be some volatility early on. There's no question about it. I mean, typically you do see the, the markets go down. Uh, and when you think about market recovering, that's the thing. I mean, we've already seen a 20%, 23% now actually uh, drop in the S&P 500 from the peak. Uh, 
yeah, it might go a little bit lower here. There's no question about it. But if you look out over the next one or three years, I mean, odds are in your favor that you're going to see higher prices yeah. from <laughs> current levels. Yeah, that's right. I mean, historically, that's been the case, hasn't it? And by the way, there, there's actually – you say there's that – not many job openings. Well, there's actually a lot more people on the in the job market today than there was last week as these crypto companies have begun to shrink. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> oh, hey, Andy. Thanks for joining us for a bit. Appreciate, uh, appreciate all you do for Allworth and our clients. Yep. All right. Thank you. All right. It's interesting. It's just with um... – I mean, you, if you've listened to our program for a while or you've been a client of Allworth for a while, you, you know that we talk about preparing for times like this. Like, it's not, it's not, a, big, it's not a big shock. This is what, what, this is what happens. And Andy mentioned back to World War II, if you go back that long, we've been in a recession 14% of the time. That's essentially one out of every seven kind of seasons of life is a recession. And Scott, why can't people, why can't you time the market, though? Why, why, why can't you just get out and then get back in? I don't know how. And why don't you know how? <laughs> there's no indicators that can. Here's a prime example, Pat. You've teed me up for this, but I'm necessarily going to talk about it now. Tiger Global Management, one of the hot, was one of the hottest hedge funds in the country. Okay. Um, they sent a note to investors a couple weeks ago. It's hedge fund, which managed $23 billion at the end of twenty uh, end of last year, was down 52% this year. This is through the end of May, not even June yet. So we're going to assume that it's, it's worse. It's one of the largest ever losses by head funds. Its other large, large stock fund uh, was at $11 billion. It had lost 61% year-to-date through the end of... And the... The inter- the, here's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of this year, they had 64 billion under total management in their venture funds. Right? Okay, 64 billion. Most of that had come in money in the last c- couple years. They raised 12 billion dollars just this past March. So what had happened is they had a great run early on, but the the fund itself had a great run, not the investors. Well, they, they claim, they say the original investors, had you started with them back in the year 2001, you would have uh, been up, well, I lost the number, you would have been up something like 16% had you been with them that whole time. The problem is the, most of the money came late in the game. They looked like the hot place to be, money poured in, and now it's been a disaster for the, the vast majority of investors. Money poured in at the wrong time. It looked hot. I mean, there's a lot of economic studies, Pat, that you've seen them all. That like, is a, if a for a manager, a money manager who's been hot year after year after year after year, is that skill, or is it just plain old luck? And when you see these massive blowups, I mean, no one's going to feel good about having their long only stock fund down sixty one percent through May. Yeah, long only means no shorting. Yeah, that they're not owning, against finding good doping. companies to own. Yeah. And so the reason the market timing is difficult to do is you're never, no one's ever, sure, there are people that have done it successfully. I know people that have done it successfully once. That's right. Out of six or seven times, which means, well, how can they, once out of six, it means they were out of the market when the market continued to go up. That's the other danger. Of course. You get out of the market. People always think, well, I got out of the market before it went down. Okay, that's great. Tell me when you get back in the market, which is the second decision, and then tell me about all the times you were out of the market when it continued to go up. There's a number of reports that show that the individual investors tend to do worse than the broad market averages because they make poor timing decisions. Poor timing so, decisions. Look, the, this is a bad time to be selling a, a diversified stock portfolio. It's a terrible time. It would be. It could be disastrous on your financial. It actually future. is probably a better time to be buying. A hundred percent better time to be buying. It might be better next week and next night. Who knows? Listen, but if you've got a longer term, I had a conversation, phone conversation with someone earlier in the day. Uh, a, a friend of mine, acquaintance of mine, I've known for twenty plus years. He reached out and had a little personal finance question. He was moving, uh, moving from Northern California where he lived to the Bay Area. Just sold his house. And in the San Francisco Bay Area, the same house that he'd just sold 
was about double the price. And so he wanted my my advice on whether he should buy now or wait, right? <laughs> and so I'm I'm giving I said I'll give you my professional advice, then I might tell you what my gut would tell me if, if I were in your situation. But those are two different things. Um, I said the challenges, like if you're going to be there five plus years, the risk of you being out of that market is probably greater than being in the market, right? But if it's a shorter period of time, then I did say if it were me, I would wait. I'd just rent that, some for a while. Yeah. Because <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's take some calls. As Pat said, if you'd like to join us, eight three three ninety nine worth is our number. Eight three three ninety nine worth. And 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 later on in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about this crypto. You've heard us be highly critical of crypto in the past. Um. But what's happening now, I can, I can, we can, we can draw some analogies. We can draw some straight lines to what has happened um, to these types of situations historically um, with different types of currencies. And so uh, we're going to have the crypto conversation. Yeah. I got to ask my kids if they're still invested in crypto. I think I told you it's probably, I knew we were at a market high. I mentioned on the show and my wife said, my, my wife, my daughter Casual conversation, and we're both driving in our cars and hands free, of course. And she says, uh, You mean uh, hands free on the phone? <laughs> yes. No. I had phone. a burger in one hand, fries in the other, and I was staring at my knee. <laughs> okay. uh, she says, Dad, I bought some stocks. What? Really? She's 26. She goes, what? What do you mean you bought some? Yeah, I, I opened an account at Robinhood and I bought some stocks. What'd you buy? Uh, I bought some Netflix. I bought some. Uh, some crypto of some sort. Like, all right, good for you. Like, and, and that's when we knew we were at a top. That's what I remember thinking. We're at a top. Your your daughter is a contra indicator. She has zero interest in all this stuff. Being my daughter, I think she's a contra. She was one of those kids. If if dad was for it, she was against it. That was just kind of her nature. <laughs> okay, <So. laughs> maybe she's changed. <laughs> she hopefully. Anyway, let's go to the calls here. We're talking with Sean. Sean, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hey, Scott. Pat, how you doing? We're good. What can we do for you, Sean? So I am a 49-year-old California high school teacher. And oh, thank you. I really want to make sure that I have been doing my homework and putting my money where it needs to go. My wife is self-employed, and we're parents of two kids. And when you say self-employed, does she make um, money in her self-employment or just a little bit? Or? She does. Okay. It is not a hobby. She is gainfully employed. She's a therapist. Okay. Oh, okay. So she makes approximately $55,000 a year gross. I make about $102,000 a year gross. How long have you been a teacher in the Cal um, STRS system? STRS. 23 years. Okay. What do you teach? Did you... What do you teach? You want to know what I teach? Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know if I I say, because, you know... Banking math really confuses me to this day, but I'm a high school mathematics teacher. (laughs) I don't know how you guys get your figures. (laughs) Well, God bless you. Uh, A good friend of mine used to be a school teacher. He has subsequently passed away, and I had gone into his classroom a couple times and taught uh, classes on on stocks and bonds and investing. And I tell you, I wouldn't – I taught a class – Two classes in a row, and I don't think I could have made it through a whole day. Um, I, in fact, it, I know. It definitely takes certain personality. I'll yeah, let you know. it it does. In fact, uh, this week I was telling Scott before the show, my daughter's a fifth grade teacher, and I went to her classroom uh, earlier this week and spent some time with the kids there. So, um, my hat goes off to her. I mean, there's so much stimulus in those classrooms. Everywhere you look, it's a different color, a different <laughs> item, a different thing you can hold. Right. <laughs> there is, there is. I said to my my daughter after school, I said it's like watching a circus. I said there's like three <laughs> rings going on in this classroom at all times. One kid never sat down, just walked the room, and I'm like, "What happens there?" And she's like, "You just got to live with it." So back to you. Yeah. Um, tell us about your portfolio. How much are you saving? Uh, how's it invested? So I have. About uh, $55,000 in the large cap focused fund class A. It's a Roth IRA. I have approximately $60,000 in a 403B. And 
I couldn't figure out what it's actually called, but back in the day when I bought it, they called it the Millennium Max 2000. I thought it was a fixed account at 3%. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know much more than that. Um, it's a fixed account? Well, that's how they build what, it. So that they said what, little risk because. What annuity company is it with? Well, that's a good question. I think the 403B. Uh, I don't know. It's either a touchstone or let's see. Uh, okay. It matter. All right. So here's, here's and how long have you owned that, that, uh, four through B and that fixed account industrial Alliance. It's with industrial. Okay. Alliance. So you, you so you, you, your portfolio is not the correct well, portfolio. Continue on anyway, but, um, okay. Yeah. What else so, do you have? So you've got, and then I've got a defined benefit from stirs, yeah. uh, and the breakdown is I have 137000 in the main, and I have 48000 in the supplemental. Okay. And I'll be 2% at 60 years, which is 2036. Yeah, but you're staying there the whole time till, till yeah. for the 30 years. So that so that is what's called a deferred vested pension. So the dollar amounts that they're showing you there don't mean anything to you. Uh, that's your pension will be worth the, your pension will be worth if you quit they do but they'll be worth a whole lot more if you continue on <laughs> which is why those dollar amounts there don't pay any attention to them if you plan on actually working to the full 30 right. years the 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 other investments in the portfolio is, and how old are your kids well uh, my son will turn 12 this month and my daughter is 15 and a half yeah so the portfolio that you have right now you can do much better with it. Um, you probably should be 80% equities and 20% bonds um, at age 49. Um, and particularly, I mean, now he's using, like, and he's using some, some products that were sold to you by someone that came to the lunchroom and brought a pizza, something like that years ago. Oh, they came into the campus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, so you've got this fixed account that might be appropriate if you were 70 and plan on spending the money in the next few years. But you're okay. 49. You've got a 12 year old at home. You're not retiring for another decade, right? Oh, my mom set the bar. She taught for 37 years, so that's my plan. I'll be teaching till I'm 62. Okay. And, and how uh, how much money are you putting into uh, the uh, investments on a monthly basis, or is a percentage of pay? So I'm glad you asked that. I am maxing out my Roth IRA, so it's 500 bucks a month for the okay. 6,000. Okay. Or whatever the fact is. And then I've got three fifty a month for the four oh three B. And then I'm paying five hundred dollars above my mortgage to reduce the length of time of my home mortgage. Okay, here's what and I'm when gonna... will your home be paid off at that five hundred dollars a month extra? Uh, well, when I used the calculator, they said it was You're our math teacher. Should... <laughs> I'm assuming you ran I the know. numbers. I know. <laughs> like I said, the, the banking math never calculates <laughs> okay. for me. I just don't know how they do it. About eleven years, so that would have saved me okay. a good eight or nine years on that. So, so it's eleven years left to go. Maturation date. Eleven years left uh, to go, give or take. Yeah, yeah, okay. and, and you're going to be re retiring in thirteen years. So I actually kind of like that. I, I like it too. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to put you on hold. Um, Certainly, we're going to get your uh, email address and phone number, and um, okay. I, I'm going to. I'm going to have an advisor actually build a portfolio for uh, you at your school district. Well, thank for, you. For, for, Scott, you're giving me a look. Oh, I thought you were putting them on hold for the break or something like that. I'm oh, like, no, no, why. not for the break. No, 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 because I know. <laughs> I'm I like, we're two minutes no, away. No, I I, no, we know exactly. We, we, we wouldn't put any of what he just said in his portfolio in terms of those investments. He's got an A no, share and an yeah, annuity. And it's, and it's, it, there's what you a, got going for you. I mean, right now though, the, uh, things are a lot less expensive. Yes. You should be 80% equities. We'll, we'll move you into some and here's why, funds. here's why, here's why Pat's saying that to a 49 year old, you've got a pension that most people do not have. Right. You, right. But, so when you go to retire, if you calculate the net present value of that pension at retirement time, I mean, they're, they're giving you a number of what it's worth today, but it's worth a whole lot more than that by the time you retire. And it's guaranteed. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get lower cost investments in the portfolio, and so I think everything else you're doing is fine. Uh, is save as much as you obviously can within reason. Uh, your wife should be doing the Roth IRA as well, but we'll get 
capture your information. I'll have an advisor reach out to you and we'll build a low cost portfolio that you can put in through your uh, 403B7 pay slot at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and exactly the did same I- thing that my I did for my daughter, who's the school teacher. She said, dad, these people keep coming to the school and they want, they want to meet with me to do these investments. Right. And I said, well, that's great. Right. Um, but we're not doing that. See, my wife has a, my wife has a TSA, and I don't know. I mean, tax shelter annuity. I don't know what it's called. And that was like 20 years ago. She, is when she created it. She only got seven thousand three hundred dollars in there, and then she left the company, and it just stayed there. Yeah. Well, so I was wondering if I should take the five hundred dollars that I'm paying above our mortgage and start paying that into a Roth IRA for my wife. She didn't have well side <laughs> investment. I mean, you certainly could do that. Um... Like as a rule of thumb, we like to see someone's home getting paid off by retirement. But uh, if you can run the numbers, and it, well, that four, but that four hundred three B should be moved over into a low cost investment. The uh, our advisor will do that for you as well. So put them on hold, please. Yeah, Scott. you're on hold. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, stick around for more. All worth money matters. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. And Pat McLean. Hey, well, before we go back to this, the calls here, I want to let people know, we are, Pat and myself are coming into the studio for uh, two hours this coming Tuesday. And we do this every f- couple months, few, few months, months to answer your calls about financial matters. Maybe you're wondering if you're still on track for retirement, if you have the right kind of allocations, if you're saving enough, if you can afford to continue with the withdrawal levels you're at, if you have the right kind of estate plan set up. Anything related to financial matters, we'd love to take your call on, and we'll be in the studio just to take calls for two hours this coming Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time this coming Tuesday, the 21st, and all you need to do is simply call 833-99-WORTH, 99worth and um, and what we do with these calls is we uh, sometimes we use them in our our radio show for fill in sometimes we come in and do commentary sometimes we don't do anything with them at all we just answer the questions and then move on yeah but you'll get your question answered but you way. will get your question answered yeah so let's um let's hit the calls again we're talking with Peter Peter you're with Allworth's Money Matters Hi, gentlemen. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Yeah, thanks. Saturday out here. Um, in preparing for retirement, we sought info from twelve different fiduciary type money managers. And uh, wait a minute. Uh, can, wait, can, I, can I can I hear that one more time? You got you sought uh, input from twelve separate. Yeah, twelve different. Uh, yeah, like okay. meetings, managers, and institutions. You did meetings? No. We, we sought information and then we did a deep dive with meetings with six. Wow. Good for you. How painful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I may be a little overkill, uh, but anyway. It was, it was more painful for my wife than me, but I found it quite fascinating uh, because they fell into three general approaches. One was a, a total market, total bond approach with the only variable being uh, uh, one's risk tolerance. A second tranche was a business cycle-focused management style with asset allocation approach depending on whether you're in a growth part of the cycle or you want to be in value or commodities, so on and so forth. Okay. And then the third one was they wanted us to turn over all our money and they would design a custom portfolio and we would love it. And so when I think about these three general approaches, uh, is there one that's better suited for one at the front end of retirement? And is the decision 
influenced by the size of the nest egg? Both good questions. Question before, and was there much discussion about tax management of this and allocation of securities and different types of portfolios and how to take figure out a withdrawal strategy in retirement? And yeah, I kind of insisted on it. And and some of them said, well, hire us and we will do that for you. Okay. And so uh, my approach was, I said, well, let's talk about it now so I can make a decision on who's going to be the best solution. And, and tell me so about the, raise that question. tell me about the total bond. You, one of them you and said, by the way, just in, my, my guess is Peter, you probably spooked some of these people. If they knew that you were talking to six other firms, they're thinking, how much time am I going to try to spend winning this client over? What's the point? And, <laughs> I'm just saying that's probably and, and, what you probably and, what you've had. And, and Peter, Unless you didn't tell anybody. What uh, what was the total bond strategy? You said the the first one was a total bond strategy. There was no equities in the portfolio. No total stock and total and, well, and just all were, passive. It was a combination of total stock, total bond. Oh, got it. And depending on your risk tolerance, would be 50, 50, 60, 40, got 70, it. Got 30, okay. 90, 10. All right. So that, the best, the best, the best one is the one that's going to work for you. But, but let's just let's check some boxes. How much money are you investing? Um, we're looking at uh, a, a lump sum pension and two rolled over 401ks, totaling about 2.5, and then about 450 in uh, inherited uh, brokerage account. Okay, and why did you decide to take a lump sum versus a regular annuity pension, number one? Uh, I, I worked out the... Um, um, the, the percentage return over the anticipated uh, uh, life of my wife. And uh, it just seemed that the notion at the end, uh, having nothing as opposed to having a similar return under management and having the same amount that you started with, mm -hmm. just made a lot more sense. To how, how old are you? Um, uh, I'm uh, 69, wife is 68. So did they? Did anyone ask that question and do a net present value calculation on that flow of income? Oh, we did some um, uh, Monte Carlo. No, I, uh, I didn't ask that question. Analysis. I understand that that was if you took yeah. the lump sum. The question I asked is: mm -hmm. Did any of the advisors that you sat down with, rather than just say, "Oh, you have a lump sum," question why you were taking the lump sum? Um, pretty much all of them, we asked the question, should we take lump sum or should we take the annuity? And uh, all of them, uh, pretty much all of them, uh, I'd say probably five out of the six said it's better to take lump sum. And they did a net present value calculation on that. Yeah. Okay. I said the challenge is the older you get, I mean, you're, you're going to, to have the same kind of monthly pension, you're going to be drawing down your asset. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it, it. And what kind of income are you expecting to to derive out of this two point nine five million dollars? Which two point two point five of it is qualified money, is what you told us, which is means it would be in an IRA, and four hundred and fifty thousand dollars is inherited. So, how much income were you expecting to take off of this on an annual basis? We were uh, just my general planning was about five percent off of the two point five. Okay. I, I looked at the 2.5 as being an ATM that just spits out money, mm -hmm. and then the inherited is a gift card that we would spend on special things. Okay. So that's 5%. So that's $125,000 a year on uh, a base of 2.95. So you're running a little bit over 4%, which is super doable. Do you owe anyone any money? No. Okay. But, well, we've got a small mortgage left on the house. And how much do you owe in the house? And that's it. Uh, about uh, 300 And why did, did, did you look at paying that off uh, with that inheritance? Uh, we looked at that, except that we've got a 1.9% uh, 15 year fix. Oh, oh, you, you win. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So you win. Thinking about, yeah. What we want to do with the inheritance is uh, buy some dirt in Tennessee to be closer to the grandkids. 
Okay. No. All right. So if 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 you asked me this, so I'm just going through the, and I assume that you're you're either some sort of an engineer, engineer or you do some sort of analytical work. Would that be a a fair statement? No, I'm an artist. You're an artist. Wow. <laughs> I would have never. Are you a that. digital <laughs> artist? <laughs> no, uh, uh, old style uh, oils. Wow. Really? I would have never called it. Not in my whole life. Um, Me neither. You're an interesting young man. Um, so I don't think that the people could actually. So you gave us the three, which is the passive. One's 100% passive. One's a, a hundred, you know, this Tactical business allocation. side, which is I don't. I don't think that anyone can do it right over a long period of time. And then the other one, which is a custom portfolio, which th- you got to dig into that. So this is a custom portfolio. What's it made up of individual stocks, individual bonds? Is it made up of ETFs or mutual funds? Uh, do you, how often well, do you trade you, in that's it? That's the problem I had is there was a tremendous lack of transparency. Well, then don't use well, don't that use person. Anyone that. Yeah. There's no transparency. Don't, don't, don't use that person. Look, you're gonna you're creating you, a relationship I, with this person. Well, assuming, is that what you're tr- attempting to do, or are you tr- are you trying to just get information to do it yourself? What's the goal here? Uh, no, I I I kind of want to uh, go off and do other stuff and not worry about it and not focus on the investments. You know, I want to trust Who? what's going on and have a general assumption the check's going to show up every two weeks. So the majority, the vast majority of your money is in taxable um, uh, in tax in free tax. Tax deferred accounts, right? Pension accounts, so we you can Correct. so that we don't have to worry about taxation at all for those. Um, you, you do have a sizable amount that we need to pay attention attention to a bit. But if like if you're my brother and asking this question, I'd say first, who, who do you feel the most comfortable with? Who's the one you're going to listen to when um, they're giving you advice that you don't want to hear? Who's the one that like if you're in a nursing home and your and your spouse is in a nursing home, you're just like me. I'm good. I'm good. The, 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 or them, instead of a, how about you got a terminal okay, diagnosis? A terminal diagnosis. It, 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 you say, I'm good with this. I trust them and their team to do the right thing. That's the first question you answer. Which one of these three would it be? There's six. Or the six. Well, uh, probably the one in the middle. The business cycle one. one needs to be a little bit, yeah, the, yeah business cycle take advantage of situations. You don't jump in too early. You don't uh, get out too late. You just kind of, uh, well, how do you figure that out? Different yeah, so well, when we did the, um, the, uh, Monte Carlos, the anticipated returns with that group was running in the 6%, six to oh. seven and three quarter percent range. Whereas on the total market guys, it was down around, Five and a half what? percent, uh, uh, and something like that. Right. And so when you started taking fees out, it changed. Yeah, listen, the 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 Monte Carlo is is only as good as the inputs, and so you can adjust the inputs on a Monte Carlo in order to. And that's get really designed to look at, at the, the market returns over periods of time to, to for for timing. So, yeah. So, um, so the answer to the question: If it was purely investment, I would use the um, the passive. Um, with someone that I trusted. Yeah, and the custom portfolio, I don't know what that means because it might be the right answer if it's predominantly passive investments. Right. So, you know, it's okay to use passive uh, in the center and then around the edges uh, where you use a little bit more active. I, I mean, to me, when someone's trying to pitch you that they, you should, why to use them because they show you some Monte Carlo simulations and says so the managers that they pick do better than the broad market I think that's BS. Frankly, I don't. I don't. I think if you took those same managers, looked five years from now, they will not outperform the, those the markets. They will underperform because that's yeah, that's what this that's what happens, right? So um, that's the that 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 one piece has a little concern. But a, a big factor is who do you, who do you feel most confident comfortable about? Who do you who can you trust? I mean, because investments part science and part art as well right it really is and 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 who's the one that your 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 wife would feel most comfortable with if something should happen to you that's that's um, i'd lean heavily on yeah, that yeah she's more comfortable with the idea of being able to talk to the person who makes the decision 
not someone who is like three tiers down below. Which decision? Uh, to me, uh, the, 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 look, the investment part, it's almost a commodity. That's not the most important. The most important is all the financial planning that goes around and the tax implications and the requirement of distributions. How do we structure that? And what happens yeah. if there's a, some additional medical care in the future? How do we fund those things? And th- th- those are the bigger issues. Well, well we, we've kind of taken care of that as well. We've got a, um, a senior advantage, uh, 100% health care coverage and reimbursed uh, Medicare and all the rest of how, that. How is your portfolio? So, so you, the lump, the lump sum is not invested right now, right? It's it's in process. Uh, it's um, yeah, it is roughly, but it's about a fifty percent equities right now. And these, this is something you put together. Well, the, under the four hundred one k, we had choices, and so we could put it into a group of nine different uh, choices and. Um, so, so did you take your lump sum and move it to your uh, 401k? He, yeah. You haven't retired yet, correct? Yeah, rolled over into an IRA. Oh, you already did? Right. Yeah, yeah, we did for my wife, not for me. I'm This is my wife's retirement. Okay. And, uh, and so I'm still... So I'm that, retired. let me ask my question. Right, that lump sum, when was that received? Uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Okay, and you guys chose the investments a year ago, and how were those dollars invested a year ago? It was about 50-50. Okay, and had you made any changes? market ETFs. And had you made any changes over the last 12 months? Any rebalances or anything like that? Uh, In November, we went more conservative. Like, we started out 70-30 and ended up 50-50. And what caused you to go from 70-30 to 50-50? Uh, I thought valuations were too high. I was looking at the uh, Schiller uh, Cape Ratio, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And I looked at the last market turns and said, okay, this is getting too close. Okay. When are you going back in? So, and, and, and what do you think it should be today in light of the fact that the market had a downturn? Because if you'd look at the Cape uh, Ratios today, you'd find that they were much more attractive. Yeah, but uh, just being attractive doesn't mean you want to marry it. Uh, I so got. I I, see, we can. Uh, we can talk. More... <laughs> go ahead, Ben. So I want to see more basing before I go back. Okay. Essentially. Uh, so anyway, hire whoever your wife is most comfortable with, and I think you should pick a portfolio uh, and a manager. And you know, so it's it's good to underweight or overweight um, equity positions a little bit around the fringes, but to 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 do it too much is dangerous. So anyway, appreciate the call. Yeah, I hope this was helpful on yeah. Firm Thirteen. Let's go now to Mississippi and talk with Dave. Dave, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. Hi, Dave. What can we do for Hi. you? How are you, Jay? We're good. Good. Uh, there, there's uh, constantly the discussion about your portfolio being able to keep up with the pace of inflation. Um, my situation is a little bit different. Currently, my household bills, my basic monthly household bills only account for 30% of my take-home pay. Okay, take-home so, after-tax pay. Yes. Okay. So, And when you, know, you, how, when you say household you, bills, is that accounting yeah. for going out to dinner, um, buying new clothes periodically, having the odd vacation? Is that all household bills? Or is this just the base the bare minimum you need to keep the house afloat. This is the bare minimum. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, right now we put about a thousand dollars a month in savings. Uh, we do have money outside of our earnings. Uh, so our total monthly household bills are $2,200 a month. My take home pay in retirement is about fifty five hundred a month. Okay. And my wife takes home and my wife takes home about twenty one hundred a month. Okay. Is she retired as well? So, uh she's looking for for part time job. Okay. But the twenty one hundred is coming from Social Security and a pension? Uh hers is coming totally from Social Security. Mine's coming from pension from Social Security, and I get some dividend income 
and I get about $200 a month from my mom's beneficiary hire a minimum got it okay so you've got seventy six hundred dollars a month coming in and you have twenty two hundred dollars expenses how old are you i am we we just both turned 60 um, excuse me we both just turned 63 okay all right and what's your question for us how do you calculate with an unknown number oh that Uh, got it inflation Exactly. Well, yeah, you earn I mean, that. Right you, you, is your is your home paid off? Yes. Yeah, we actually sold in Folsom, California, and bought twice the house for oh. half as much in, <laughs> on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. And nice. Mississippi has extremely favorable state tax. Well, they don't tax any retirement income. Our property taxes are about a third of what they were, and that's why our total. That's why you can live so inexpensive. Are so, yeah. yeah. So, and what? Yeah. How is your? How much do you have? In, how much do you have in overall savings? The retirement accounts, the bank, the stocks, uh, whatever. Uh, I have about seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and that's with this recent thirty percent drop that I've incurred. And she has about six hundred and twenty-five. And you're not taking any income from these right now. No. And how are they invested? Uh, right now, I'm heavily invested in equities and uh, mutual funds, stuff like that. My wife so- has very little tolerance for risk, so she's more bonds less in equities, but combined we're probably 70, 30 and I'm probably 95 and five. Okay. So here's how I'm looking at it, Dave. If I were to rank you amongst other people at your age at retirement, who is the most stable has the highest probability of always being able to maintain their standard of living. You would be, if not the top, Pretty dang close to the It'd be in the top 1%. And the reason is inflation is an issue for you. uh, But remember, your Social Security is indexed for inflation. Um, That's right. Your Social Security. And your pension is is, is a government pension? Is it a government pension? No, it's a uh, union. Yeah, there's okay. No. So it probably doesn't have an index to inflation, but you actually, that's correct. You actually derive this pension at a high cost of living area and then move to a really low cost living area and increase your standard of living. And so what, if you look at your disposable income, you have so much control over your disposable. And remember what the, you know, if you look at the, the core inflation and inflation, the basket of goods, you are not the consumer that, that, that consumes the inflation isn't affect you as much because you can actually choose to spend your dollars in different ways. And you've got a huge margin behind that. Not only that you, you own 70% of your, of your $1.3 million, which you're not touching is invested in equities is what you said, which over a long period of time, keep up with inflation, exceed inflation. Historically go back to 1925, Stocks have done about six percentage points above that of the rate of inflation. So you're absolutely great. So how do you measure? It's all you make up the numbers. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, over- no, I mean, I don't mean that flippantly, but you build assumptions. And one thing you could do, uh, Dave, if you are really concerned about this, you can use a financial modeling software program, or you could work with an advisor to to do a financial plan. That you can do a, several what if scenarios. What happens? That you put in your in, your pension. Here's what your social security is. Here's how your investable dollars are. What kind of return assumption do we want to use? So we can say, let's use a really yeah. low return assumption with our uh, our savings and investments. Let's use a really high inflation assumption. At what point? At what point 
is it going to break down on me? And if you ran it for yourself, you could have a double-digit inflation and a no return on your money, and you would last probably uh, 120 last. years. Yeah. You could do all that, yeah. or you could just call this radio show ask is Scott <laughs> yeah. and Pat, should I worry I, about this? I wouldn't this? worry about this at all. I think if you're living on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, you should worry more about the weather, a hurricane, and natural disaster than you should your <laughs> portfolio or inflation. Yeah, which we are trying to... Not control, but we're trying to protect. So, you know, we buy hurricane shutters. We buy That's right. a generator. And then when the big storm comes, we leave. And, and, yes, we do have control over what we spend. Like right now, I don't have to buy gasoline to go back and forth to work. That's right. So we do have, but- so we do have more control over the spiked... <laughs> You you absolutely and your portfolio is uh, appropriately allocated for an inflationary environment. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, and, yeah, and great. Got, I mean, here's, I mean, here's what it. you need to really be doing. What the question you should be asking is: Should I be converting any money out of the, my IRAs to a Roth IRA right now? Prior to your required minimum distributions at age seventy-two, that's the question you didn't ask. Well, but I only have. Of my seven hundred and thirty thousand, I quote unquote only have two hundred and fifty thousand of that is in IRA. It still doesn't matter. How's the rest? Uh, four hundred and fifty in brokerage. Oh, and then I've got about fifty fifteen thousand in cash. And how about your wife? How much of hers is in IRA? My wife has. She's got two hundred and twenty in IRA. And unfortunately, the rest you got in cash. So there she just so, yeah. So 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 you got some opportunities for yeah, some all tax kinds loss of tax. Right oh now. yeah. Not only that, you should be pushing the bond portion of the portfolio inside the IRAs and the equity portion out. It should be t- managed tax efficiently, uh, so it receives a full step up in basis at death. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities yeah. for planning there. But you didn't call about that. You called about I would not inflation. Worry. Don't worry about inflation. Well, worry about it way, if you won't, but it won't affect you. You're gonna fool if you're planning on taking the trip to driving across the country to visit your kids. What do it anyway? I know it's hard. <laughs> like yeah. you've got the dollars. You've worked hard. You've saved well. Um, you're in a great position. Uh, I would not let these higher prices spook you and and keep you from doing something that you and your wife have already talked about doing that was in the plan just because prices are up. So um, glad you called, Dave, and hope that was helpful. And Pat, I think you said you were going to talk about crypto. So Celsius, which is you know one of the largest, you know, they call it. I don't know what how to refer to it, Scott. They call them they call them brokerage, but they don't really call them brokerage. They, they call, call them lending platforms, which alternative I don't quite, banks. I don't, so I don't understand quite understand it. So, and this the, is just an example of one of these because there's a number of them out there. Yeah, Coinbase is probably the largest. They pretend like they're banks, so they say, "Hey, your the, savings." Crypto lenders is how this article uh, refers to it. They say your savings, put it in some crypto asset, and then put it on deposit with us, just like a bank. Put it on deposit. We are going to pay you interest on it. And how do they get the money to pay the interest? They go in just like a bank would do. Go and turn around and, and lend it out to somebody else. They lend the crypto yes, to someone else. That's correct. They lend the crypto itself. That's that correct. Particular crypto to someone I, else or some crypto. I don't know. And that per, that per, crypto is supposed to be returned at some point in time. Supposed to be. The challenge is when you have an, I don't even know if it's an asset or not. When you have an investment that is that volatile, a currency that is that volatile in, in price, like what the heck is it worth? But don't, doesn't, doesn't like this, the Celsius. So Celsius said, look, no more redemptions, no more trades between. Last week, as of last week, a week ago, they said no more withdrawals from your account. Now, no more trades, no, no, nothing. Basically, we froze the thing. Didn't we not see then, this during the Great Depression with the run then, on the banks? Then they, they they're hired restructuring lawyers. Well, that was the rumor. Well, the Wall Street Journal. Here's a, I read, I mean, look, I've read a few articles on this. Um, and the founder of this Celsius, Alex Majinski, 
there's a picture of him with his T-shirt. The T-shirt says, banks are not your friends. His bank isn't. I, gotta, I, get, I get a little angry on stuff like this, right? Because when he tries comparing what he was doing to banks that are FDIC insured, he's either immoral or inept. Or both. Or misguided, both. misguided, misguided, right? So, but these, Scott, so these You're are- You're being too kind. These are effectively, look, this is what happened. They is, were marketing, they said they were getting like 17% yeah, interest But rate. this is what happened in the great run on the banks before the FDIC was actually created. A currency that people would put in a institution, Right? For a period of time and expected to be able to go and get it on demand, right? This sounded all familiar. Have we seen yes. this movie before? And lots of different currencies. The banks would issue their own currencies. Years. I mean, we got to go back years and years and years, but this isn't the first time this movie's been played. So people create their own currency. They all decide what it's worth, right? So what's propping up the value of that particular currency? What we all collectively decide it's worth. That's right. It's like any asset. But what's the difference between this asset and, let's say, a General Motors stock? Well, you own a piece of comp- that company that produces automobiles. And sometimes it produces automobiles at a profit. That's most of the time. S- sometimes it produces automobiles at a loss. Some great cars and some not so great. And, but it always should at least have some sort of liquidation value. Pets.com had liquidation value when it went into bankruptcy. The pet. The, the puppet. But it had some value. There is no inherent value in a cryptocurrency. There is nothing to liquidate when it goes under. Nothing. Nothing there. So all of these exchanges have been created with the crypto billionaires to exchange these currencies among each other. And then all of a sudden they say, hey, oh, we can't give you your money back. Like, where is it? Well, we, we lent it to someone or we sold it or we, but, but there's no regulations here. There are none. No. Zero. And so yet, now, now, well, now you see people calling for regulations. Like, how did this happen? How did this happen? And one of the things that, Oftentimes they say the Wall Street regulators, they regulate not by, by fiat, they regulate by enforcement. So people doing a certain thing, all of a sudden they show up one day and say, no, you're not supposed to be doing it that way. And that's right. That's what, and that's what's going to happen here. Watch. The Securities Exchange Commission are going to come in and say, wait a minute, this was actually a security. You said it wasn't a security. You were acting as a bank. You said you weren't the bank. There's going to be lots of lawsuits. There's going to be... And we've just begun, by the way, on this cryptocurrency. So you saw the Lido and the Terra USD that was linked to each other that were supposed to be backstops. Next thing you see is that these crypto exchanges are all saying no redemptions. The stock, the the, the prices are down anywhere between 60 and 80%, some 95. Crypto as a whole is down about 70% from its... Some, some are there down three, 99. There was a $3 trillion market cap a couple months ago that's now a trillion dollar market cap. So, as we tell our clients, we don't think if you're, unless you have the ability to lose this money, you should not be playing well, in this crypto game. Well, to put all your savings in crypto and then turn around and put in a, some sort of crypto bank to get 70% interest. Kind it's of, just foolish. It doesn't. It's, it's just. It's, it's kind of at some point in time, like <laughs> you are kind of responsible for your decisions. <laughs> that one poor doctor we talked about a couple of weeks ago that put all his money in there for his kids' college education, and then I was most embarrassed. Um. Anyway, anyway. we'll see all where right. this well, all listen, plays out. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, and reminder, been, reminder wait, this wait, Tuesday. Oh yeah, do that from eleven a.m. to one p.m. Pacific. You can call 833-99-WORTH, 833-99-WORTH, and we'll take your call. And as always... And I'm also, before I go, I'd be like, I'm going to do a little shameless pitch for our firm because we don't... But, like, we've got a great team of advisors. We've got almost 100 advisors and a variety of offices across the country. Fiduciary approach. If right now you're, like, thinking, hmm, 
I don't know if I got the right strategy with the markets. Reach out to us. Have a meeting with one of our advisors. We don't charge anything for our consultations. We're pretty low, pretty low key. What you hear on the podcast is what our advisors yeah. deliver. It's yeah. um, and uh, and, a, and by the way, let's go to our website. Allworthfinancial.com. People write negative reviews sometimes that we pitch our firm. We are in business. We do run a business. I don't know, what do you think I do? I sit at home and do podcasts for free. Like I'm in, uh, there's, like no I'm in those, <laughs> there's no cost associated with running this enterprise. So, um, well, you believe you add value to your business. Understand? You this no, you but you have to read lives. the negative reviews on I the thing. And sometimes they say, what do you hey, read negative hey, reviews for? It's Irish. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.